Perspective Podcast, the flagship show here at WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. I'm Dennis Farrell, and he's Canada's favorite son, Petey Williams. What's up? Uh, how's she going, eh? You know, Dennis, whenever you play that music, I start sitting down, and you play that music, then I have to stand up, obviously, because it's my national anthem, and now I'm sitting back down. I mean, it's it sucks, man. I should actually just start standing all the time. For the whole podcast. Well, if you're playing the music in the background on repeat, then yeah, I guess I have to. Let's do some house cleaning here before we get into the podcast. Let's not forget Tuesday nights. It's uh, James Ellsworth in the Dugcast here on the same feed, Wrestling Perspective Podcast. Go over to WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com uh, for the two great shows that we have going on there. There are links to iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. That's where we are. We need you to go over there, subscribe it, rate it five stars, leave a comment. Uh, if you leave comments, we will read them on air. Uh, we got a lot of questions to get to from some fans. Pete, welcome back. We both were on the road. I Well, last week I was on the road. The week before you were on the road. We need to get a beer now. Oh, you know what? It's so funny you say that because I'm drinking right now my Lagunitas IPA. Remember I gave you some of those beers yes, that one time yeah. you came over? I do. Yeah, I'm drinking those, man. You know that, uh, what was it, the M49 or M43? M43. Yes. Yep, my, I my, got a case of that, yeah. My buddy sent me a picture. They now <laughs> make it in strawberry. Straw that that was like a uh, like a like a lemon orange one before or something yes. like that. It had maybe grapefruit. Yeah, I don't know if I'd like the strawberry one. I don't. You know what? I, I I found it because I couldn't find it. I actually found it. It's expensive. It's like a fine wine apparently, and I got it and I drank it. But you know what, man? Like as much as I love that beer, I I like that other one that that Lagunita. I do. I have like so. I just revert it back to it. Plus, they were they didn't have the M forty three the next time I went. Obviously, because it's like the hottest beer right now. We need to have like a classic uh, WWE pay per view <laughs> night where we sit back and not even WWE but classic pay per view night and drink beer and talk wrestling. Yeah, we got to do that, man. We got it. Let's let before we get in the show. I got two questions right off the bat. I want to ask from fans that w- we were hit up. Right, and you know, we'll throw some more out towards the end, but these are two questions that really popped out on me before we get to our thoughts on the Greatest Royal Rumble, even though it's, what, over a week over now. You and I have yet to talk about it. We're going to talk about your new role some more, some funny backstage stories, or just interesting backstage stories you might have. But Ryan wants to know, to you, Petey, what do you think about Impact working with some Japanese companies Seeing nothing is really going on with Noah and uh, let's see here, a couple other Impact wrestlers have showed up on DDT lately. With Sue Young, did tonight, killing it. Any thoughts? Um, like he wants to know, like my thoughts on, like kind of swapping talent. I, yeah. I'm assuming is that what his question was? I think so. Yeah, and I mean, I think I, I don't even know, like Eddie Edwards. I don't even know if he's still the the Noah champ. Because um, I know he won it um, uh, months ago. I mean, he might have went back and already uh, lost it or whatever. But, yeah, that's good for business. I mean, if you look at our pay-per-view, you know, okay, moving away from Japanese, but just other companies in general. If you look at our last pay-per-view, Pentagon won our world title. I mean, that's, that's, that's a huge thing. And, I mean, that just goes to show, like, 
you know, we'll have these working relationships with other companies. So that's really important. I remember the last time um, I was like contracted with Impact, we had a working relationship with New Japan. I mean, we have stuff on our our, our global wrestling app, the the one like, you know, our network thing um, where we have like, you know, Okada wrestling for us and like, um, I think like Nakamura, like like these big time stars uh, before they were huge stars that uh, they are now. But uh, yeah, that, that, that goes huge. And then not only that, what if Pentagon later on in life goes on to be a huge star in WWE or whatever the case may be? Now we have footage of him like, you know, wrestling our guys and Impact. So um, building and sustaining um, those positive working relationships are very important in wrestling. Like so important. So I, I'm for it. If, if that was his question, like I'm totally for it. Eric wants to know, and Eric, I apologize, but you have a very wacky last name, uh, Skeferton. How about that? Skeferton. Yep, I know Eric Skeferton. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm not even close. It's like I don't even <laughs> want to spell it. But there's like a, a ing ton in there, a couple f's, like a k. This guy's got like every letter in the alphabet in his name, but like uh, Winchester Tinfieldville kind of deal. <laughs> the, okay, wow, nice bull. Anyways, nice bull. So it's his question. Uh, well, he's got a couple of them. This one's for PD. Uh, what do you think of the Canadian destroyer? One of the best moves slash finishers. He might add, almost being used as a DDT. I mean, almost every match with every wrestler. Yeah, and I think we touched on this before, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's what it was when I was retired. I mean, there was shows where, you know, there's like a multiple man match, like a four way match, and there's uh, four Canadian destroyers, one from each individual um, in the first like three minutes of the match. And it's just, you know, I think wrestling has uh, some people, and I, I don't like it like this, but some people have gotten away from like, you know, wrestling is about creating drama, you know, like wrestling is about creating every single match. We have the ability to create this. It's the world series. It's game seven. All right. Base are loaded. You're down by three. It's the bottom of the ninth, you know, three balls, two strikes, the batter's up. Now what? Like, that's what we have, you know, in, in, in wrestling in every single match. That's what we do. And I think people are getting away from that and be like, you know, Canadian Destroyer is an awesome move. Let's just do it to pop the crowd. That's not professional wrestling. It just isn't. And, you know, I like when, you know, people tell stories in the ring and stuff. And, you know, it would just mean so much more if, you know, if, if the Canadian Destroyer – and I don't, I don't care if people use the Canadian Destroyer as their signature move. Like Pentagon does it. And it's not his finisher, but, you know, he could tease that and he can get a reaction – and dip out, have somebody dip out of it and go for it again, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that, that's the drama I try to create in my matches. So, um, you know, am I for it? Like, you know, they're just, and I don't even like to say that, oh, it's used like a DDT, because even when I do a DDT, you know, it, it means something. Like, it, it, it's at least some sort of uh, big impactful move. Not like, you know, we lock up and I hit the guy with a DDT. But, you know, I mean, he's right. It's It's kind of, People are what we call is hot shotting that move, and I think you see it a lot less now that I'm back in wrestling. So that's a good thing. Um, well, wait a second. Now you said Pentagon uses it. Has he ever? Has he talked to you about it? <laughs> no. Uh, 
No, but I mean, he's not using it on impact. So that just, you know, shows respect. And, 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 you know, I had one of his, what match was it? Um, I had to agent one of his matches just recently. It was, uh, uh, so Pentagon speaks, uh, you know, like 50-50 English. You know, it's good. I can, I can have a conversation with him, a, a professional wrestling match conversation with him in English. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two other uh, luchadors that we were using, Aerostar and Drago, they pretty much speak no English. So uh, there was a match. It, it was some sort of tag match or whatever the case may be. And, or you know what, maybe it was him and... I can't remember. He wrestled a lot in the last uh, last week of tapings. But, you know, he relayed the match to me and stuff like that. And there, there was no, like, you know, Canadian destroyers in the match. I think he knows. It's just, it's different in Mexico. Um, you know, in America, for example, the correct thing to do is, uh, you know, say I, I use the Canadian destroyer. That's my finishing move. Nobody else would use it on the card. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's just how it goes. You know, uh, I remember Eddie Guerrero, he used the frog splash and, you know, no, nobody else would use the frog splash and all that kind of stuff. Like, it just, that that's what happens in America. And I use Eddie Guerrero as an example because he's he's Latino. He wrestles in Mexico. He's a luchador. Um, but in Mexico, everybody can do everybody's moves. It's just, it's professional wrestling. It's just, it's structured differently. It's just, it's a whole different world down there. And, you know, I Pentagon's smart enough to know that you know, on impact for our television show, you just you don't use the Canadian Destroyer because I'm on that television show as well. Okay. Well, Eric also wants to know that we've got, I think, one more question after this one. Is an announce table does that count as a table in a tables match? Oh man, that's a good question. Man, I don't you know, I've never even thought of that before. Man, I think you're on to something. I'm gonna use that. Um, because the next time we have a tables match in impact wrestling, we'll have somebody go through the announce table and the ref won't know what to do. Oh. Maybe he'll be like, do I call for the bell? Man, that's really good. Tell man, Eric's brilliant. There. I like this guy. Yeah. And then this one's for both of us. Your thoughts on Titus O'Neil's fall. Do you guys think it was planned or real? And a little backstory. Cause after the greatest Royal rumble where Titus went sliding under the ring, uh, he went on social media and basically said he's playing that for a while. And that's not the first time, actually, Titus O'Neil has fallen, if you remember, in NXT. I think he was still in NXT when he was trying to join New Day. He had to carry the big bear thing around the ring, and he fell over to just short, not making it in time. Do you? Do you, I don't feel like this was planned. I think this was an accident. Uh, James even said that he was lucky because I guess there was some bar that goes under the ring that would really have caused him some pain. Yeah, uh, it was definitely the bar. Um, yeah, there's like kind of a bar in the middle, or actually in the bottom. I don't know how the rings are structured, but our rings are like that. I actually have been <laughs> back before Kevin Owens was power bombing people on the apron mm-hmm. back in like 2000 and like. Four, I was getting power bombed on the apron because it was it was really cool, and I had Jerry Lynn do it to me one time. But he started running from like far away, and when he threw me, I landed like almost underneath the ring. But I hit that. I hit that. There was a bar that goes like horizontally, and it destroyed my back. Like, uh, man, it was just brutal. But to answer your question, it definitely was not planned. I mean, you you can't plan something like that. That was. That was great, and the like the genuine 
laughter from the commentators just goes to show you know that Vince was probably in their headset saying like talk about that fall more talk about that fall more that kind of thing so um yeah it definitely wasn't planned eight seconds later there's like a shirt on <laughs> wweshop.com and uh, i don't know i i feel bad for this could him. be the best thing that ever happened to him you know because now he's the guy that falls and you know he could work that into his gimmick like maybe he starts running down to the ring all the time and he falls underneath the ring like i mean and the crowd will pop for that. So, you know, things like that that happen on accident sometimes are like the greatest things that ever happen to you as a wrestler. Let's talk about things happening on the show. <laughs> uh, or, before we started uh, recording, you were telling me a little bit about some of the audibles you had to take. And you told me a really good story about a, I, would you call, I guess it has to be recent because you just got the job. But one of the recent audibles you had to call with a tag team. Um, oh, are you talking about Fala and KM? Yes. Oh, yeah. So um, I was an agent. Man, who were they working? I think they were working, um, man, were they working OV or were they working Trevor Lee and Caleb? I don't remember. And this is spoiler alert, so you can, you know, fast forward two minutes if you don't want to hear this. Um, yeah, so Fala and KM, they're doing a whole angle right now where, you know, first they were in that whole body shaming type angle, but then they kind of teamed up and KM, who had just recently lost like 20 pounds, he said, I'm going to, you know, follows obviously like a sumo wrestler type of build. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to teach you how to, you know, kind of lean up and they have kind of like a good comedy type of connection going on. And they're doing a lot of pre-tapes and they're really funny and stuff. And with this one, they were doing uh, this tag team match and they had multiple tag team matches throughout the week. And this next one, they were going to break up. Like, they were going to, you know, there were some miscommunications in other matches and all that kind of stuff. But this one, there was some miscommunication causing one guy to fall. And then um, they, they pretty much break up. And as we they were the match was happening, I'm on headset. You know, Scott Demore, who runs this whole thing, he's on like a roaming type headset. And he can walk around and make calls and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and Sanjay was sitting there too. And then Scott just says to Sanjay, he's like, man, man, they're such a good tag team. I'm like, I don't know if I want to, I want to break them up. And the match is currently happening. Like we have like a, like a minute to decide what to do. Like th this, this is about to play out. This is what's going to happen. And then Sanjay just says, Hey man, make the call now. If you don't want them to break up, we'll just, you know, buzz the ref to tell them to like, you know, do whatever. And, uh, Scott didn't say anything and it played out like it was supposed to play. And like, I, I kind of chimed in and I was like, Hey, even if they break up, you know, we could do another, you know, at the next set of tapings, you know, he could say something like, Hey, sorry for blowing up on you and pushing you and all that kind of stuff. You know, let's give it one more shot. That simple. That, that's, that's pro wrestling, right? You can always rewrite stuff, but it was almost like, Hey, should we tell them to like, we want them to stick together and stuff? Because I mean, they're great. Like, if you would get an opportunity to watch it on Thursdays on, on pop, it's, they have some good, good chemistry going on there. And it's really funny. And cam is a good actor. I, I, he was just in a commercial for, uh, he showed it to me. Um, man, what was the commercial he was just in? I don't know. Uh, man, I'm trying to think. Was it, uh, man, I don't remember. I don't know if it was like some sort of food commercial but he's getting huge royalties from it because it's it, you know, it airs all the. And man, and he who was he working with too? It was a big star. 
Hmm. I don't know, but he's into some acting and stuff like that. But, you know, he, he, he's a great actor. So the whole segment went good. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, when things are playing out and you're enjoying things and the crowd's reacting a certain way, you're like, do we want to go with what we originally planned or should we, you know, kind of see how this thing runs its course? And we don't have the luxury right now of kind of writing a show and then coming back next week, writing a show. We have to do it all in one shot. So, um, that, that that's the one downfall. But yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to call audibles like that. Uh, Jeremiah <laughs> wants to know, has there been any talks about bringing back the knockouts, knockdown pay-per-view? There was a knock knockouts, knockdown paper. Is it, was that like a one night only thing? I'm I, assuming. I'm not sure. It had to have been. I, well, um, <clears throat> I wish I could tell you. I don't, yeah, I don't think so because the one thing we're trying not to do with impact is to go back onto things like going back onto things that, you know, like was in the past of impact, you know, like you could see like just this pay-per-view we just did, it's called redemption. First ever redemption. You know, we're kind of renaming things and, and doing things differently going forward. We're we're trying to be a new company and not just, Oh yeah, this is the same old impact. This is what they're going to do. No, no, we're, we're trying to do different things. Um, I haven't heard talks of a, a knock, knockouts, knockdown pay-per-view. But one thing I did notice at the last set of tapings is that there is uh, a few more knockouts from the past that have come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, they, you know, they might not be big stars or whatever, but I noticed that there's, there's more knockouts than usual in our locker room. So, you know, we're trying to rebuild the knockouts division because I think we were down to, like, just a handful of them. And now we're trying to get more involved and have, a, have a, like, that good knockouts division that we had before. Uh, Braxton Sutter just left. Uh, any reason why? <laughs> Anything you can talk about that? Um, I don't know. I don't know if he has, like, something going on with, like, an NXT tryout or whatever. Um, you know, and it's interesting because – and this is all, like, kind of just what I'm seeing. I, I know nothing, okay? I'll – Mm-hmm. Full disclosure, I know nothing about what his situation is or whatever, but I think when we did our tapings in Ottawa back in November, I want to say that like his contract was up, and then as far as I knew, he left the company. I remember him saying his goodbyes and stuff. And then I saw him in January, and I'm like, okay, I guess he's still with us. Maybe he you know, signed a new deal or <coughs> was working on a, like a per-show basis. I don't know. And then now he's done again. So I don't know if he has something going on with NXT, a tryout or performance center or whatever the case may be, but uh, I, I don't know too much about it. That's, that's pretty interesting. I was wondering that because it seemed like it was pretty abrupt after all the, ex, uh, the success that you guys were coming off of that he just kind of poof. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be something over at WWE because his wife, Allie, um, works and is under contract with our company. So, I mean, but I mean, that 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 happens all the time. So, you know, you have Sue Young, who's, you know, uh, Rich Swan was with WWE. Sue Young was with us. Like, it, it happens a lot. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, I don't know what to make of it. Is there any... Uh... I guess I can't ask you this, but anybody else you guys are worried about leaving? But 
you you wouldn't tell me if you knew anyways um i mean everybody has the potential to leave uh worried i don't think worried is the proper word because i could leave tomorrow i could li- literally pick up the phone right now and tell scott i'm like i'm done you know i'm, I'm nothing's binding with me or anything like that it's just I think a lot of guys can do that. It's just that, like I said before, impact is a place where, you know, you kind of wrestlers, you, you, you know, want to work there, you know? And I think the door is open. It's like, Hey, if you want to leave, leave, you know, there's, there's 40 other guys, probably more 400 other guys that are willing to take your spot. And, you know, we can make stars out of them. You see Brian cage. He's only been with the company since what? January. And they're, they, you could see they're already making a star out of him. So, I mean, it's it's possible you can make stars out of other people. So, I don't think Impact's worried. Um, yeah, I, I just I really don't think Impact's worried. Any news on Enzo? Because I think the last <laughs> time we really talked about him, you kind of had said you wouldn't be shocked if you ended up wrestling him on a on the Redemption pay per view. Because I think we his no compete was up then or right around that time, and then I asked you a few weeks ago if if there was any word. But you know, this is a weird situation for him because now he's a free agent. He's he's not popping up anywhere, which I think that's kind of smart based on what his situation is. I, just recently, he pulled like everything off his Instagram, which the internet uh, detectives. Uh, notice though he did put a south park caricature of himself up holding the cruiserweight championship and then created speculation that maybe he's heading back to the wwe that's always possible i remember okay and first off i haven't heard anything about uh enzo but usually stuff like that is you know kept closer with like scott and like ed nordholm like they don't really let us all know Especially the um, one with the podcast. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, they can do it. I remember back in 2000 and oh, whatever, when I was, we'll just say when I was first contracted with, with Impact, um, Jamie Noble had gotten released from WWE for something. I don't know if it was a wellness violation. I can't remember what it was. And I think they said to Jamie Noble, it's like, hey, you can work anywhere. Just don't work for Impact. They actually said that. They said don't work for TNA. And he showed up at Ring of Honor, and he actually won the uh, Ring of Honor World Championship, I believe. And then you know he did all his indie stuff, and then he ended up coming back to WWE a year later. I mean, so it's definitely possible that they're just releasing him, let the storm pass and stuff like that, let things cool down, and they can hire him back. I mean, how awesome would that be? For WWE is, you know, he comes back and by like SummerSlam, let's say, surprise, people will go nuts. People will go nuts. I mean, it, it would be good TV. So, and I haven't seen him pop up on any indies or anything like that. So, it's definitely a possibility. Are you shocked that he hasn't been to Impact? <coughs> or at least, are you shocked you haven't heard rumors of him going to Impact? Uh, a little bit because, you know... <sighs> Maybe not so much now, but even a few years ago, you'd hear like, oh, that guy was released from WWE. We'll see him on Impact. Because that was the case back in, you know, the early 2000s. Anytime somebody was released from WWE, they show up on Impact. 
Okay. What uh, What's any future plans for <laughs> Impact going on? And by the way, you're a little bit under the weather, so you're a little yeah. coffee, so it's it's okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's going around again. You know, I got kids and stuff like that. They're bringing change of weather and stuff. Now we got eighty degree weather in Michigan when it was like what forty last week or mm-hmm. something like that. Absolutely. Um, any but anything yeah. coming up? Um, you know, I, you know, they they got some storylines going on. Um, nothing that's aired in front of the live crowd, so I can't really talk too much about that. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I know uh, tonight on Impact, uh, I was involved in the Sue Young Rosemary um, match that ended up happening. You'll see how that plays out um, with all the bridesmaid, undead bridesmaids and stuff like that. So um, I was I was I was pretty happy about how it happened. You know, I mean, there was some curveballs that was were thrown into the match and stuff that we kind of had to deal with, but we had to get the story across. So I did the best we can, and you know, I, th- I thought it came out pretty good. You know, and it was actually the main event of the show, so uh, I was I was pretty happy with it. Um, you know, when they have spoiler alert again, um, but it's already been aired, so there's you know there'll be a casket match in a couple weeks and stuff like that that I had a big hand in with the entrances stuff like that. I was really proud of um, and producing all that. So um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I was just have more heavily involved in the knockouts division and stuff like that, and I'm really. I'm I'm really liking the Sue Young character. I know um, Rosemary. Well, I'll tell you this. So with the main event, this with the main event that happens tonight with Rosemary and Sue Young. Um, so Rosemary has torn ACL. I don't know if that's been announced, um, you know, all over the internet or anything like that. But she she has a torn ACL. She'll be out for a while. So we had to work around that injury and stuff like that. She actually worked hurt. So, you know, kudos to her for people that wanting to work hurt. But she knew her limitations and stuff like that. So we had to kind of work around that too. So that was kind of a, another curveball that was thrown in there. Um, you know, she'll be back. Like in, I'm assuming with an any ACL, I asked her about it. I said, you know, is it just a scope or whatever? She's like, no, I got to do a full like ACL. Like, you know, it's the whole thing. Mm. So I, I just know that's like a year before you're ready back for – you know, in wrestling shape and stuff like that. What are they doing with her character? In the meantime, I have no idea. Um, but, you know, kudos to her. But, you know, coming up the pipeline with uh, Impact, it's just we got the tapings coming up uh, June 1st and 2nd. You know, we're already looking forward to, you know, everything that's going to play out and stuff like that and where we're heading for the Slimversary pay-per-view coming up July 22nd. That's going to be in Toronto. They already announced that. Um so, I mean, and I'm looking at the card right now. I can't announce it because they haven't really announced it yet, but the, the card is, like, the card is stacked. So it's going to be some good, compelling TV coming up in the future. Let's switch over to some WWE talk because <coughs> Backlash is coming up, and I have a problem with this. They keep calling this the first dual-branded pay-per-view, but it's not. I mean, the greatest Royal no, Rumble no. was the first dual branded pay-per-view. If you really think about it, you look up and down this card. And by the way, I'm going to get to the greatest Royal Rumble and some, some of my grumblings here in a second, but for your first advertised dual branded pay-per-view, you don't have, what is it? Brock Lesnar's isn't on there. 
So you have mm-hmm. one championship at least not being the defend being defended. You don't have the Raw Tag Team Championship not being defended. This is kind of a weak card, and I'm kind of worried that you have AJ and uh, you know Nakamura going in a disqualification match. I'm not really excited about this one right now. Uh, Seth and the Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. I, there's there's a lot of stuff on this card that I'm just not really excited for. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I like that you said that because what usually happens when we're like, man, on paper this card doesn't look good, it ends up usually being a really good card, right? Yeah, but come on, <coughs> you know the the we don't know what to do with you know Braun Strowman continues because he's in a tag team match with uh, you know. Zane and Owens and you know Bobby Lashley, uh, Daniel Bryant versus Big Cass. This this is not. Yeah, to, I'm not even. I'll be honest with you. I'm not even sure I'm going to watch this one. This might be one of those I'll watch in the midweek or something before we record because I yeah. just I can't get excited for this. <laughs> yeah, like if you hear it's good, you know you're like, oh yeah, everybody's like, oh it's good pay per view. Then you might watch it and stuff like that. No. I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely – I'll tell you right now, I'm definitely not going to watch it on Sunday. I'll probably wait to see what people are saying about it, and then, okay, I'll check it out if it's good. Um, I just – you know, I'm interested because Daniel Bryan is one of those one of those wrestlers that just can have a good match with anybody. So, and Cass, I mean, has Cass really had a good match? You know, like, I mean, I, I, I don't think so. So, you know, I want to see if Daniel Bryan can have, like, one of those really awesome matches with Cass cast just to show that he's like that type of that that type of wrestler you can have a good match with anybody um what if he can as for what's up what if he can't what if what if daniel bryant cannot have a good match with big cast does that then sting daniel bryant's ability because we we always say like aj styles daniel bryant can pull a good match out of everybody but if daniel bryant can't let's let's be real for a second and this is this is also an indictment on big cast i'm not gonna let big cast off the hook here but if we hold daniel bryant on this special pedestal that only him and aj and a select few stand on and he cannot pull that match out of big cast after coming back from the injuries do we doubt him now does he get a free pass do we doubt him you know, and that's a good question, and I'll, I'll revert that to back to my <clears throat> like something that happened to me. So after I lost the exhibition title the first time, I I ended up having a match with Elix Skipper, and the the match I remember Dusty Rhodes saying it was okay, but I don't know if they felt like oh you know I should be able to have a, a better match with Elix Skipper than I than I had had. Um, because, you know, Dusty Rhodes was like, he was booking at the time. He was like, Dusty was like, hey, I could go out there and I can have a good match with Elix Skipper. You know what I mean? Like, I, I have that ability, and Elix Skipper has that type of, uh, you know, in-ring ability where almost anybody can have a good match with them. So it kind of, like, lowered me down a notch with them because they felt like, why couldn't you have a great match with them? I mean, he's athletic and stuff. You just have to kind of walk him through it. So will it reflect on Daniel Bryan? Maybe, but will it reflect more on Big Cass? See, I is don't the th- question. I don't think it will because we know what Big Cass is. Let's—he's okay. I, I think he's below average on the mic. 
He's just a big guy. I don't know. He, I wouldn't say he's a good wrestler. He's not a great wrestler. I don't know if he's a good wrestler, but he's he's kind of in that range of mediocre, right? I mean, he's there for his look. Yeah, and I mean, if if this were twenty years ago, Big Cass would be like the world champion right now, probably because that's what they were looking for, you know. But and now today's day and age, you have to be like all around guys like Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. So, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting match to watch. Um, it's obviously going to be a big guy, little guy thing, but you know, as long as Cass can pull his own, it, it, I think it'll be a passable match. Uh, will it be like an awesome match? I, I hope so. I hope Daniel can do that, but I, I really don't, I, I really don't think it's going to happen. And another thing is like, you know, you got two guys like big Cass has been out for like what a year almost. Mm-hmm. And then you got Daniel Bryan who's been out for multiple years. And now this is the, like pretty much their first singles match is on pay per view. Who who wins this match? That's the better question. Who wins this match? Oh, you're absolutely <laughs> giving it to Daniel Bryan. There's no yeah, way. Yeah, but but this is big. This is Big Cass's actual first match back. I mean, and it seems like they're pushing him. I mean, do you have him lose to Daniel Bryan, or now are they back in that Daniel Bryan? Remember, they, they really didn't want to push Daniel Bryan back then, but the fans kind of force the WWE to do that. So now they're like, well, we'll just have Daniel Bryan put Big Cass over. You know, because and that's a huge baby face he goes over on because we want Big Cass to get that, you know, be that big star. So I mean it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. It really is. There's listen, there's no way if they didn't like Daniel Bryan that much, they would not have kept him locked up in that contract as raw general manager for as long as they did. If if they – here's the way I look at it. This injury would have been a blessing in disguise for the WWE to get rid of him if they did not believe in him after that moment. Let's be honest. He he withstood it. He rose to the, to the occasion. They kept him. Now, it paid off in the end. Their gamble absolutely paid off. There's no way you're going to serve him up the big cast with what momentum you're building with him. I hey I agree with you I do I would put if I was the booker I'd put Daniel Bryan over but I, I'm not the booker the way I would see it is you know Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles at SummerSlam that's how, that's what that's what I would book so so who does a a loss hurt more does does, um, does a loss here hurt. AJ. Well, here's the thing. Daniel Bryan can recover from uh, any loss, anytime, anywhere, because he has the fans on his side. So the loss does not hurt Daniel Bryan, I don't feel. If Big Cass loses, that hurts him huge because he needs wins. He needs those. Daniel Bryan could lose all the way up until SummerSlam every single match and then, like, then challenge for the world title somehow. And people would still be into that match and be like, oh, this is a, this is a dream match. So there's some people in professional wrestling where losses, they can recover really quick from losses, and some people that can't. Daniel Bryan is one of those people that can recover really quick from losses. Big Cass is not one of those guys. No, but a win doesn't help. I don't think a win helps Big Cass. This could be. Hey, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it. I think it does, um, because you just beat Daniel Bryan, and that's the thing. Like when I look at like the Impact roster, like I look at guys like Tommy Dreamer, right? 
If mm-hmm. Tommy Dreamer loses a match, he can recover from that loss a lot quicker than the majority of our roster. I feel like I'm at the like I feel and I, I've done this in the multiple months. I'll lose matches, lose matches, and they're like, okay, we need PD to challenge for the X Division title. We'll have him just win a couple matches and then he'll be a viable contender. So I'm I'm and it's good that you're at like that. I can lose all these matches and then just win a couple and challenge for the title and people will be like, Yeah, he's a viable contender, definitely. So there's some people that can lose, lose, lose and then they can just turn it around really quick and the fans will be like, Yeah, that makes sense, you know, he's yeah, look at his background. Yeah, he can do it. Yeah, I don't know. I look at Big I look at Big Cass and I see Dan Spivey. Dangerous Dan Spivey. That's who I see. Hey, you know what? I agree with you. I don't think Cash should be winning this match. One hundred percent. I agree with you. But I'm just saying Dan O'Brien could recover from a loss a lot quicker than, than Big Cass can. Do you know how intre- uninterested I am in this match? When you were talking, <laughs> I totally checked out. I was like, whatever. <laughs> like, you're, you're, you're collateral damage to my uninterestedness to this match. Well, <laughs> okay. Okay, man. Um, but, hey, you're the one that brought it up, all right? <laughs> I, I did. I felt like I had to. And greatest Royal Rumble in the books... Look, Botchamania is going to have some fun with this. Yeah, there there was a there was a few botches in there. Um, you know, the one I heard was really bad, but this is like the only match I didn't watch on the card just because it was like a five hour program. I don't got time for this. Um, was uh, the Jeff Hardy Jinder Mahal match? I heard there was some really nice botches in that one. Yes, uh, one of the most phenomenal ones, and we've. You, you know, it's the same kind of botch you see through the test, the test of time in wrestling where I think Hardy was going for a whisper in the wind and missed it by two feet. And I believe, if I'm telling the story correctly, Ginger just falls over. Instead of resetting it, he just falls over like it was hit. Oh, well, I mean, I've I've wrestled Jeff Hardy before back in 04. In his not, not very good days? Um, the dark days, the demons. Well, he was set to chat. This is right before our first like, monthly pay-per-view. So AJ was going to challenge me for the exhibition title. This was the go home show for the, uh, for the pay-per-view. And Jeff Hardy was going to challenge Jeff Jarrett for the heavyweight, uh, title there. And I remember, let's see, Jerry Lynn was the agent for the match. Jeff Hardy was like, so this must've been in Jeff Hardy's bad days because, you know, everybody's like, where's, where's Jeff? Where's Jeff? Jeff Hardy, I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And he has, I don't know if he missed his first flight. I don't, I don't know. He was really late to the show. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to put this match together, and I'll tell it to him. And anything he wants to change, he can change. So I told him the match. He didn't want to change anything. I'm like, great. And I got, you know, got all the signature stuff in. And at one point, I go to whip him in the corner, and I say, you know, do your whisper in the wind, or whatever I said to him. And he goes, and instead of running up the turnbuckle like he does to do the whisper in the wind, he just takes the turnbuckle. <laughs> so I walk over to him, and I punch him, and I go, all right. And he goes, I'll do it now. And I'm like, okay. Like, I didn't meant to say anything to him. And then he hits it, and he hits me with it. But, I mean, that was our only botch of the match. But if you're watching as a fan, you have no idea that we 
weren't supposed to go into it right there, you know? So like, and that's the thing with wrestlers. Like you, you might come back from a match like, yeah, we messed up this, we messed up this, but to the fans, they don't know because they don't know you were supposed to do something that, you know? So, I mean, wrestlers are a lot harder on themselves than they, than they are, but if they miss them by like two feet or whatever, especially when it's live, I mean, that, that stuff happens all the time. I mean, yes i mean it's a very athletic sport people mess up spots you know miscommunications it happens all the time um but you know when you're live like they were at the greatest royal rumble you don't have the luxury to switch camera angles in post-production at impact is great because you know a lot of stuff were pre-taped so you can switch that stuff you can just say hey switch the camera angle on this and it'll look better so yay so and that's what sucks about having live TV is like, yeah, if you mess up, you know, that that, that that's really sucks for you. Oh, well, you know, who, who, um, who was the better mo- luck next time. Who was the most hardest hearing wrestler <laughs> that you wrestled? Just one of those guys that you had to say it five, six, seven, ten times before it got through in the middle of a match. Um, You know, and it could be my fault on that one. Like, I remembered recently when I wrestled, the last time I wrestled at House of Hardcore, I wrestled Matt Cross. And uh, the the he was supposed to, I was supposed to be hitting him, and then I hit the ropes, and he's supposed to give me something called you know the kitchen sink. It's just the need of the stomach. So I said, "Give me the kitchen sink," and I go to run, and I he's still on the mat when I get back, and uh, so I'm hitting him, and I say it again, and he doesn't do it, and I'm like, so I I, I, I grab him, and I'm like, "Dude, are you okay? Like, did I knock you out on that last move?" Like he's like, "Yeah, I'm fine." I'm like, okay, give me a knee to the stomach. And he's like, okay. So I had to say it like three times. And then I asked him in the back. I'm like, what happened? He's like, I, I, I just couldn't hear you. So, you know, it could be partially my fault that I wasn't talking loud enough. Um, but you know, I, I, I don't know. So, you know, who, who takes blame for that? Who knows? You know? Um, so that, that's, a, that's a tough one to say. It's really tough. All right. Just was curious. I thought you, you know, could you, is it because you speak Canadian? That's what I think it is. And the toughest part is when you're wrestling somebody that doesn't speak English. You almost have to like, okay, I hope he remembers because he's not going to. I do remember one time, um, this is oof, probably 2004, 2005. I was in Canada and Quebec and I was wrestling this kid that spoke very broken English. And I think I, – I don't remember what it was, but we're on the outside and I said to him something. I'm like, cut me off or something like that. And he's not doing it, so I'm chopping him. And I'm like, cut me off, dude. Like, it's your, your time. And he's not doing it. So I just scream – like, you know, and he, he's still not doing it as I'm telling him. I'm like, cut me off. He goes, I don't understand. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, like thank you. Like, like, are you ignoring me or you don't understand? So as soon as he said, I don't understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. then that when I slowed it down, I'm like, all right, all right man, here's what we're going to do. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the language barrier is worse than, uh, you know, if the guy doesn't hear you pretty much. But um, it happens, man. It's, it's pro wrestling and it's the crowds yelling and stuff. And sometimes you can't hear. And, and I've been on the receiving end, too, where somebody says something. I'm like, what? And I remember one time Steiner whips me off the rope and he says something <coughs> and I thought he said like Frankensteiner <laughs> and I'm like what like I am not taking like 
so I just ran off the ropes and I was saying like, like what? But he was still with me. I'm like, well, I'm going. And then he hits me with a clothesline. So he didn't say st- clothesline. He said Steiner liner, not Frankensteiner, Steiner mm. liner. And I laughed because I'm like, who calls it a Steiner liner except for Scott Steiner? It's a clothesline, man, like or a lariat, whatever. <laughs> so, you know, that that was kind of funny. But I've been on the receiving end where, you know, somebody will say something and you have to make a split decision and you're like, is that what he said? Okay. Like, it's tough, man. I mean, you're wrestling in front of a live crowd and you got all that stress on you and stuff like that. And, you know, people people think it's easy, but it's a lot tougher than you think. All right. Is there anything else we should talk about before we send this thing home? <clears throat> well, no, I think my voice is going again. Um, so I don't know. I think we're good. Anything you want to talk about? I I think we kind of hit it all. It's, you know, it's one of those, my first night back, I was second night back and I'm tired. So if the energy level was, uh, was that of like Hulk Hogan in his eighties right now, I apologize. <laughs> all right. Or current age Hulk Hogan, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah. Hey man, he's still got a lot of energy, man. <sighs> Yeah, every time he Let talks, me tell you something, brother. Let me tell you something, brother. That's all you need to say. I, you know, I think we're good. Uh, if you go over to the Wrestling Perspective Facebook page, like it. Uh, follow all of us on Twitter. There's IPD Williams, Real Ellsworth, me, Dennis 77 Farrell. If you go over and follow us and then you tell a friend and then email us, you can go over to the web- website, WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. And, and let us know that you told someone. We will enter you in a drawing to win a couple autograph pictures. You'll get your pick of Ellsworth or Petey. Not me, because, of course, nobody knows who I am, right? Uh, oh, come on, man. Should, should I get some headshots made and autograph them? Yeah, man. Get some 8x10s, man, and autograph them. What if, what if we were to get pictures together? <laughs> you know what? Then they would sell for you, and that is a trick. Remember we were in uh, – where was that? Where, South Bend, Indiana or something like that? And we saw that guy uh, selling pictures of like him getting the brogue kick from like Sheamus or something like that. Right. But those were his hottest sellers, right? Even though he was in the picture, like everybody said, like, oh, it's Sheamus. I, I want that one. How much is it? 20 bucks? I'll, I'll pay for it. You know, oh, I'm, that's, yeah. that's, a big, that's a big thing, man. Yeah, I guess you're right. Have me giving you a headlock or somewhere Ellsworth or me and Ellsworth doing a tag team move to you. Those would like those would sell huge for you. What about just the three of us on the couch watching TV? Nope, it has to be an action shot. That's that's the only way it works. How about maybe both of you guys pushing me in a stroller like a happy family? Yes, that would work as well. I, I, let's action action shot action. We're doing something. We're pushing you in a stroller. That's action. Oh, how about? The three of us at dinner in like an action shot of like us eating, or a food fight. Maybe we like <laughs> hopefully put a pie in your face. You can't really see your face, but you're like, yeah, that's me with all the you know whipped cream on my face. That's perfect right there. I I, I it's a lot better than beating me up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So yep, yeah, there we go. Uh, May nineteenth, Buffalo. You and I will be out there. Uh, in that area, yes. Yep. Uh, Empire Wrestling, I believe. Empire State Wrestling, I Ooh, believe. Good call. Good catch on that one. And other yeah. than that, just uh, 
the podcast guys rate subscribe listen subscribe tell your friends subscribe do anything you want but subscribe <laughs> subscribe yeah there we go pete that's this week's wrestling perspective little impact heavy but uh we'll get back into some wwe talk next week Sounds good. All right, buddy. <laughs> I think we both are waiting for each other to talk there. All right, guys. Yeah. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you back here next week with the Doug Cast and James Ellsworth. See ya. All right.